Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today on the show, it's Jack Howard. Jack Howard is from Sigma, the company that makes some fantastic gear for photographers. One of them is this guy right here we're going to talk about. I'm holding up a beautiful lens for those that are listening to this. But we're going we're gonna to dive into lenses. We're going to dive into... Um, just the build quality of lenses, why third-party lenses, is the myth of native lenses versus third-party lenses, What what's that all about, all this stuff. Jack Howard, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you in the hot seat. Great. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, no, this is good. This is good. So before we get started, let's talk a little, uh, you know, in the intro, I talked about your background just a little bit, but Give us from the horse's mouth, you know, your just a little bit of your origin story and what led you to be in charge of PR at an amazing company like Sigma. Uh, it's been a really strange journey, and it's a very interesting place where I've wound up. Um, I went to college for writing, history, English, uh, American studies as my background. I always wanted to go into sort of advertising and brand building. Um, photography was always a hobby. Um, my father was a lifelong photographer, part-time while he had a career. In his retirement, he became a full-time photographer. He taught me a ton of stuff. Um, and he was like the ultimate MacGyver photographer. He was one of those guys who would go to the hardware store and the restaurant supply store and be like, I got a sheet pad and you know some clamps, and all of a sudden I'm going to rig up this whole system and would come up with these incredible DIY homemade lighting systems that uh, were just, just amazing. Um, and uh, I got out of college, uh, landed a job at my local weekly paper. Uh, I wanted to be a reporter, but they needed somebody who would take the weekly real estate shots. So every mm-hmm. Tuesday for uh, Wednesday afternoon deadline, I would get 45 to 50 houses that were fresh on the market. This was before Realtor.com and Zillow. Um, and I would have to drive all over the, the, the territory, take all the pictures, scan them in, uh, shooting up, shoot them on film, scan them in on Photoshop, optimize them, and get them out. Uh, I managed to parlay that into a position on the image desk at my local uh, daily paper, the Asbury Park Press, which I then parlayed into a staff photographer position. I worked there for a couple of years, uh, became a freelancer here in the New York, New Jersey metro area, working for all of the major New York, New Jersey dailies, including, you know, the Times, uh, Star-Ledger, the Home News, Asbury Park Press, my you know, former employer. They were actually my first freelance assignment that I you know, walked out the door as a staffer on Friday and Saturday morning. I was on assignment for them as a freelancer. Uh, freelance for a couple of years. And while I was doing all of this, um, this is just very interesting with serendipity and a little bit of the role of luck, persistence, and uh, just sheer interconnectedness of all things. Um, I was active on the Pop Photo uh, forums. And at the time, due to corporate, uh, <laughs> corporate reasons, the forums for Pop Photo, the world's largest imaging magazine at the time, you couldn't post photos directly. Um, so a couple of us who were active on the forums, uh, one of the guys, uh, Samara, knew PHP, and he said, I'm going to create a forum and I'm going to create a photo hosting site so that we can have a side board to the Pop so that we can all share our photos indirectly and have one central hosting place. It became the de facto photo hosting site for Pop Photo American Photo Forums. Through this, I got very friendly with the staff at the time, uh, Mason, Mason Resnick, uh, Phil Ryan, among them, uh, as I was you know, helping to run this board. 
And we were doing things. We were writing articles. We were doing how-tos. And this was back in like 2001, 2003, 2004. Um, and this was, I mean, it was just, it was what, what we were doing was pretty, I mean, pretty darn DIY. Um, and yeah. really more content and content specific as opposed to presentation that was still i mean basic html and you know if i look back now it's everything was pretty raw in terms of delivery you know compared to you know where we are now in terms of digital content delivery but just through that i you know i would be trading emails back and forth with mason and phil on a regular basis and they started looking at me and when they had an opening for an online editor um they invited me to apply I went in, and before I knew it, I was the online editor for Pop Photo, Popular Photography Magazine, and uh, American Photo. And I'm like, I'm sitting here in my office, and the, the funniest thing, I had a forty. I worked in the forty third floor in a complete in, in the lab. So we had everything, tons and tons of gear all around. I mean, millions of dollars worth of gear from all the manufacturers as well as all of the testing gear. And it was on the 43rd floor, and it was completely windowless. So, because we had to have a controlled situation. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, uh, the, the walls were 18% gray. We had, you know, we tested the color every day and, um, you yeah, did all the lab testing in there. So, there were a bunch of us who worked in the lab at Hot Photo. Um, wow. And of course, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty amazing. I learned so much there about cameras, lenses, and the industry. I mean, I thought I knew a good bit when I started, um, but after just a few months there, I was blown away by so much more that there was to learn, so much more that you could, um, so much more that you could do. And Guess the thing, there, you don't know what you don't know until you find out, right? <laughs> it, it, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I tested so many cameras, compact cameras, bridge cameras, DSLRs, lenses. I mean, worked on the laser bench uh, for, you know, the MTF testing and the SQF testing. And uh, it was just that uh, pop at an incredible time. Um, yeah. So, and then now now you're at Sigma and you're, yes. you're running PR as well as content for that giant company. Tell me about Sigma. It's a little bit about their history because I know it's a, it's kind of a storied a story mm -hmm. path to where they are today. Yes. Sigma is the uh, largest independent lens and camera manufacturer in the world. We are a family-owned company. Uh, the current CEO, uh, Kasudo uh, Yamaki, is the son of the founder, Mishihiro Yamaki. Uh, Senior Mitsuhiro Yamaki um, founded the company in 1961, um, and throughout the years there was—I mean, Sigma has always had a history of bringing incredibly innovative products to market, including ultra-wide-angle lenses, super telephoto zoom lenses, um, and, and and more. Um, yeah. And in 2012, upon the passing of uh, Mishihiro Yamaki, uh, Kazuda-san, uh, became CEO, and shortly thereafter, uh, the Sigma Global Vision was unveiled, which was a complete modernization of the Sigma lens line. And at this, this was when the art, sports, and contemporary lens lines were first announced, and that was at Photokina in 2012.
12. Um, the 35 F14 DGHSM, the 17 to 70 F28 to 4 uh, Contemporary, and the 120 to 300 F28 Sports were the three lenses that launched the three lines. Um, and this was Photokina, September of 2012. And it was so funny. At the time, everyone was like, oh, what's an art lens? What's a sport lens? Oh, what's contemporary? We're not quite sure what this means. And it, there was a little bit of an education process that needed to take place. And in the planks that cover all of this is the art, sports, and contemporary are three premium lens lines with three distinct design philosophies. Art lenses strive for imaging excellence above all else. Contemporary lenses strive for uh, a blend of compactness and performance. Sports lenses are designed for uh, exceptional performance in the most uh, rugged package available. So they're um, weather-sealed, durable, and the most highly customizable lenses in the lineup with the, uh, the USB dock. The sports um, Okay. See, that, 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 that was on my list of questions, what the different <laughs> categorizations are. Because when I look at... I, I kind of knew that, but when I think of the sports lenses and the durability and the, you know, all those water weatherproof and all that stuff, I think photojournalism, mm -hmm. I think, you know, James Noctua out somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, getting rained on walking through mud. That's the lens that he, that he'd want to have with them. Or yes. but then again, the, it's funny you say that. Cause when I, when I look at the Sigma lenses and we, you and I had this conversation before um, a couple of weeks ago, but when I look at the Sigma lenses, they all feel like they could take it, right? It doesn't, it doesn't feel like, oh, I better get that lens because it's designed. For, it feels like these lenses are robust, right? It doesn't, it doesn't feel like I'd be, if I got an art lens, in other words, and found myself in, in a rice paddy in Vietnam taking photos, I don't think I'd be worried, right? Oh, correct. And in particular, since, the, since those lines were introduced, um, many of the new art lenses are fully weather sealed, including the just announced 35 F14. Which we're going to talk about that. DN yeah. art. Yes. So this is, there's, there's, there's always been a constant evolution and, you know, that is through the, you know, the evolution of technology and the evolution of, uh, you know, consumer expectations. Um, yeah. so it's, <laughs> it's, it is a little bit, it can be a little bit confusing at first, but the things that unify all of the signal lenses are all lenses are made at our factory in Isaac, Japan. Every mm -hmm. single lens is optically tested on our proprietary A1 MTF device with a proveon sensor inside. Um, every single lens is uh, tested for the MTF. We have the charts and the results for each serial number on record so we can go back and um, go back and look to make sure that the, the, um, the, the lenses are performing as expected. There was actually a yeah. very interesting case study um, uh, with lens rentals um, where the MTF results were called up after a couple of lenses were, uh, weren't, weren't performing as, as expected. And uh, it led to a packaging redesign, which, <laughs> yes, which is um, you know sort of, yeah. One of the one of the interesting sorry to interrupt you. One one of the interesting things that I I found when you because you sent over this this guy here, this eighty five one four, which is beautiful. I'm holding it up on the screen yes. here, and and as I told you when we first when we first did our pre interview, that was my that lens, which is now ironically my favorite lens. But that lens was the first time that I've had a chance to actually use and shoot with a Sigma lens in earnest. Mm. 
And the reason being was not, not that I had any negativity towards Sigma. It was just the, the calculus I had in my head was you buy a Lumix camera, you buy Lumix lenses, you stick them on, there you go. Of course it's going to work with it. It's the best thing, you know, like for like, um, and then having a conversation with you and understanding a little bit about how Sigma approaches optics and the lenses and the build quality and all that, and holding one in my hand in comparison to another lens, this is a Panasonic 85 mm -hmm. 1.8. Um, I think this is 1.8. This is a, yeah, the, the 1.8. And it's, it's obviously a different lens, right? It's for different purposes and different design philosophy, but it's not the same lens. You know, you would think, oh, it's an 85. What's a, what's a fraction of a f-stop? And this one is, you know, but it's different. The, the image quality is different. The feel of it on the camera body is different. You know, it just, it feels different. Um, can you talk about the build quality and the, the Sigma design philosophy a little bit as it, as it goes into crafting these lenses? Oh, I, I, I certainly can. I mean, it's... Um... <sighs> There's something so incredibly tactile about lenses, and that is one of the things that with so many of the, mo the, the modern signal lenses uh, in the art, the, the sport and the contemporary line, they all have their own feel about them, but there is definitely a joy of the, the, the thing, the object unto itself as a you know, in addition to its image making characteristics. And I mean, with the 85, if I'm actually holding right here, I mean, with the, 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 the aperture lock and the click or the de-click aperture. Um, yeah. And just the, the overall hand field, um, it, it makes an impression. And these are, um, they're, 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 they're just these beautiful little works of art. Um, and again, when you, we have, we have some videos online uh, from our Isaac factory. And when you see the craftsmanship that goes into crafting one of these lenses, it is, um, it, it's very, very impressive. And, you know, that's, I mean, the part of image making is in photography and videography are very, on the one hand, very functionalist where you need certain things to work, but there's also, the joy in how they can feel in their hands. Yeah. And um, yep. in particular with the I-series lenses, uh, little, the, the compact all-metal lenses mm -hmm. for the L-mount and the E-mount system. Um, that this, is, damn, this sound is of, just you know, satisfying. Yeah. Listen, listen to the sound. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that each, each little click there is a little endorphin rush right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's really it's satisfying. And I would imagine that, that that click sound, the exact sound and the duration and the pitch and the drop-off drop of that sound is considered. It feels like they wanted it to sound exactly like it sounds, right? Yes, I, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yes, there's, and, and there, there, there is a certain joy in the feel of the lens in your hand as you're using it. And I find myself wanting to use all of the ring, all of my lenses with the aperture rings, I'm going back to using the aperture rings, even though you can still control it through the camera. Yeah, I prefer I'm preferring that sort of the haptic feedback of doing it on right there. And, you know, every now and again, it drives me crazy when you forget that it's like, you know, you're trying to turn the aperture dial and you're like, Oh no, you're in F6 
4.3 right now and why mm-hmm. They got to turn it here and it's not moving. And yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But being able to, you know, lock it or lock it off. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. And, um, you know, I, we hope that there's a lot of photographers who really appreciate that hand feel. Um, I mean, and of course the optical characteristics, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, designed for. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Can you, can you, Jack, can you talk a little bit about the, just the, the the argument you know i I was gonna say devil's advocate but it's not really that it's just a choice Mm -hmm. just the idea that that oem lenses are you a third-party lens could never approach the superiority of a native oem lens because of course you know if i'm gonna buy a ford i'm gonna buy ford tires for you know not that you can do that but you know (laughs) just the idea that the manufacturer that created the camera body should understand how to create the lens for it and a third party could never approach their level of understanding of the product how does how does sigma approach that and what's the what's the response to that argument Hmm. there's a couple of different ways i can answer this and first i'm going to say that there is there was that mindset and that may have been there may have been a kernel of truth to that maybe 25 30 years ago where it was seen that the that you went with third party if you could not afford the um, right the, the price. OEM, yeah. mm-hmm. but that that is no longer true. I mean, it was. I mean, ISO sixteen hundred film was very grainy in nineteen ninety seven as well, um, which were in a completely different uh, arena. And yeah. I would I would argue that. You know, Sigma is part of the Elmat Alliance in partnership with Panasonic and Leica. We are an OEM manufacturer for you know the Elmat Alliance. Uh, mm-hmm. We are uh, we produce uh, lenses for Sony E mount under license from Sony, and there you go. we have you know uh, agreements in place with the communication protocols um, in order to ensure that the, the lenses perform optimally. Um, so that line of thinking and that belief is somewhat it is 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 pretty much wholly and fully outdated um and i'm going to say that i mean competition competition is good and there are so many rock solid lens choices on the market right now from sigma and um several other manufacturers that it's really a great time for photographers and videographers. Um, you're no longer limited. There are great options at a variety of price points and, you know, to, to your personal style, to your personal aesthetic and, you know, no two photographers are alike. And I mean, like you said, going to a Ford dealership, somebody asks, why do you have, you know, three 35 millimeter mirrorless lenses for Sony and uh, Elmount? systems right now like well we did we have the 35 f2 dg dn contemporary in the i series with an all metal build and the uh, you know the aperture ring uh we have the 35 f12 dg dn art lens which is very large it's uh it's larger than the 35 f14 dg dn uh art lens which we just released and yeah. it's because no two photographers are alike um everybody has their their their, their personal d- purchase decision, aesthetic decision makers. Is it a budget play? Is it the size? Is it the imaging characteristics above all else? Um, And and which of these makes you choose 
which lens is right for you. You know, we're not saying yeah. one size fits all. So there are three premium lenses at a variety of sizes, price points, and features and functionalities, you know, with that 35 millimeter um, focal length, for example. And the 35 yeah. millimeter focal length right now is among the most popular prime focal lengths across mirrorless and DSLR cells for a long time. It's, you know, it's, it's, it has become, it's, it's a little wider than a standard view, but it has become the sort of standard, not in terms of field of view, but in terms of the go-to prime for so many photographers. And, and there's options again. Why? I mean, think about a car dealership. Why did, why are there three different, you know, pickup trucks and this one's got a club cab and this one's got all wheel drive and this one. And it's because no two people are alike and everybody's got a different, you know, different, critical factors for their personal success and, you know, their threshold for uh, whatever they find the most important. So here, here's a, here's a big question, Jack, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the, this press release and I'm looking at my notes here and I see a lot of letters. I see DG, I see DN, I see HSM, I see, you know, we know what the art lens is, the ART, like on the new Sigma 35 mm -hmm. F14 DGDN art. I know what art yes. is, what is the DG and the DN? What does that stand for? Okay, it's real simple. DG is full frame. DC is uh, APS-C sensor. And DN is designed exclusively for mirrorless. Ah. So when you see DG, DN, that means full frame, mirrorless, new design. I love it. I so, love it. So you got me started that the first lens, I see what you did here. The first lens you sent over for me to test, which by the way, I'm going to send back to you in a day or so. <laughs> uh, the first lens is kind of like the first one, the first taste. Now, now I'm in, right? <laughs> now I want to see that 35. I want to see the whole line. So this is, this is, this is really good stuff. So let's talk about the new 35 millimeter. So like we just foreshadowed it and you got one in your hands over there. The Sigma 35 1.4 was, uh, released officially on the 27th of this week, April 27th. We were, we're recording this just a couple of days later after that. It's out in the wild now. People can see it. They can purchase it. You know, 35F14DGDN art is the mirrorless inheritor of the 35F14DG HSM art lens. HSM stands for hypersonic motor, by the way. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, this was the original art lens. So this was introduced in 2012, and it has a, as the original art lens, it has a very, very special place in the hearts and minds of both Sigma and uh, our families. And so it's a good problem to have. We set the bar extremely high for ourselves. So we know that we had to deliver with a top quality optic that was going to be designed from the ground up for mirrorless. So it's got a completely new mirrorless design. It's got a uh, stepping motor with a single element for um, very, very swift autofocus. Um, and it's got the, uh, the, the hallmarks of the mirrorless uh, DGDN art lens, including the click and uh, declickable aperture ring, the autofocus lock, and um, just gorgeous, sharp, rendering wide open um and beautiful off focus characteristics um i love that i, love that. Yeah. I, I think i'm gonna you know before i can release this interview i'm gonna have to get my hands on that sorry you know 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know what? One thing I want to throw at you're you. You're on my uh, list, dude. I'll, 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 I'll be one to, If you're going to bar, you're going next week. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Get you whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, one of the things that you mentioned that stuck in my brain when we did our, again, when we did our pre-interview was I brought up the fact that um, the, I had heard somewhere, I don't know if it was from you or somewhere that Sigma will change lens mounts for you on the, on these lenses. If you should happen to switch from one camera body manufactured to another, is that, is that true or, or is that a fiction? That is absolutely true. Um, there is mount conversion service between available mounts. So for example, with the original 35, F14 DG HSM art lens, the one introduced in 2012, that can, if you switch from Canon DSLRs to Nikon DSLRs, you can send that back in and have it swapped. So you have all of your same glass, but you just get a different uh, different mount and you know controller chip. And the same goes with the, the new lenses where the L mount lenses can be converted to E and E mount lenses can be converted to L. Um, it is a fee-based service, but it is still significantly more economical than selling everything on, a, on you know used boards or trading in and going um, you know and repurchasing. And if there's lenses you love, you get to keep your exact optics. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's very unique in the digital uh, you know in, in the digital camera world. With, that you know, changes the physics. It, yeah, it changes the physics a little bit in terms of. You know, not not you know. I think photographers, non-influencer photographers, very rarely shift mm-hmm. from one manufacturer to another one wholesale. But mm-hmm. knowing that if you have a a shelf full of lenses and you should decide to move from one to the other, that is an option mm-hmm. for you, and yes. not have to think of the all the the friction of like you said, selling it on boards and you know trying not to get scammed by you know insert country scammers, you know, all this stuff, you you want to not, you don't want to have to deal with all that. You know, some of that will make you just stick with where you are, even though you want to try that new system. It's like, you know what, I'm just going to stay over here because it's a lot of overhead. So that is, I had no idea until you told me that kudos Mm -hmm. on that. Um, The other, the other lens that I wanted to talk about as we wrap up here is this guy, this lens, this was a photographer's kind of, Christmas, right? So mm-hmm. I'm I'm going about my business, you know, and and the FedEx truck shows up at the front of the house, folks. And I go out there, I'm like, I didn't order anything. And I, especially from FedEx, what what is this? You know? So I open <laughs> and it's during a pandemic, right? So I'm like, what is this box here? Right. So I open the box and there's this lens. This Jack Howard here sent this lens over here. I didn't even know it was coming to play with. This thing is beautiful. And I'm holding up what looks like what would be Iron Man's lens if he had a lens. Right? It's just a beautiful lens. This is this is a 35 millimeter 2.8, or I'm sorry, 45 millimeter 2.8 DGDN, right? And it's it's got a chrome finish. Can you tell me about this lens? What's the history of this and why? Yeah, that this, one. Yeah. This right here. This yep. is the this is a showpiece. Um, there's, uh, this is an incredibly limited edition run. It is not for sale. Um, so there's only a handful of them out in the wild. So take good care of it. Um, oh, it yeah. is, <laughs> it is to demonstrate the, uh, the all metal build of the I series lenses. Um, 
The I-Series lenses are compact, all-metal barrel lenses uh, for both L and E mount. There's the 24-millimeter F3.5, the 35-millimeter F2, which we're actually shooting through right now on my FPL. Uh, there's the 45 F2.8, which was introduced with the original FP uh, back in 2019. And then there's the 65-millimeter F2, which, if I'm not mistaken, that is... So here's the 24 there's yep. 24, then we rack it back into focus, and then here's the 65. So they are these compact little gems of lenses. They are in the contemporary line, and they are uh, designated as I-series because of the, uh, the unique build of them. Um, and they're contemporary because they're compact performance lenses. Um, so they're trying to... they they. They're contemporary lenses because they are compact performance lenses. They strike a very strong balance of compactness and performance. Um, they're not super fast aperture, F1.4s or F1.2s, so they're F2s and F2.8s and uh, the 3.5, um, so that you can have that economy of scale. Um, and they're, they're just, they, they show what's possible in, uh, you know, a mirrorless first design mindset. Um, where you really you get a very, very compact sort of system that's sort of just classic in feel. So this is, you know, a standard focal length. This is the FPL. Uh, this is the FP, uh, the world's most compact and interchangeable lens uh, camera. It's being shown with the optional electronic viewfinder, EVF module, which um, attaches right here on the side. And here is the actual, here's where the end of the camera body is. So right here, you have got a 45 millimeter f2.8 24 megapixel camera. And if you pair it with the FPL, which we're shooting through right now for this uh, live stream, you've got the same, uh, this, the exact same form factor with the 61 megapixel sensor uh, inside. So that is, you know, I, I mean, a ridiculous amount of uh, resolution um, and sharpness in your in a jacket pocket <laughs> so I, that is that is that is crazy i mean it is it is a beautiful lens like i mm -hmm. i, I kind of don't want to shoot with it i kind of just want to put it on the shelf and <laughs> let people ask me questions about it <laughs> so you know you know very good kudos well done and thanks for sending that over and it's fantastic mm -hmm. um just to, just to jump back a little bit you mentioned that hypersonic motor the hsm designation yes. What does that mean? I mean, I know, you know, I could put it together. Hypersonic means faster than sound, you know, very much faster than sound. But what, is, what does hypersonic mean in the Sigma world? Uh, very fast focusing motor where it was very quick electrical impulses to move the focusing, uh, move the focusing elements. And, and silent? Really, yep. Uh, very functionally silent. Um, you, you know, when DSLRs first came out, the, there wasn't video, so focusing motors were designed to be inobtrusive because nobody wanted a loud whirring, clacking, whatever. But yeah. video wasn't really a consideration. Um, but as hypersonic motors do have a little bit of a, generally in that class, there is a little high pitch uh, whinny that you're going to hear during video. Uh, with the mirrorless, um, the mirrorless design philosophy is a much more of a hybrid workflow uh and you know with that in mind so with the stepping motors they are much more optimized for both still 
focus performance and on sensor, you know, autofocus as well as incredibly as, as inobtrusive as possible sound. It's not possible to say something is, you know, truly silent unless because everything emits and there's always the possibility. But I mean, the stepping motors in the in the new mirrorless lenses are designed to be under like the ambient floor. Um, in almost all of the most sterile sound environments. So it's, you know, it's another part of that looking at what the intent is, what the new, what the new uh, directions and are in, you know, imaging trends and to be able to have the lenses go back and forth between still and video. It's nobody wants to, and it's, you know, that just, nobody wants that, but you know, it's, yeah, if you know, it's um, <laughs> that's why there's you know the the HSM, which was you know told you was hypersonic motor, which was the the best performing autofocus motor for the DSLRs. It's no longer in the DGDN. Um, that that was the old sound of uh, that's old school, right? He's speaking of old school. <laughs> yes, old school hearing hearing that er, 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 back and forth, mm-hmm. followed by hopefully two short beeps, right? <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, and and, uh, I don't know if we've touched on this at all, um, but you're also aware that we have a full line of cine lenses that are designed off of the art lens formulas as well. Were you? Tell me about that line now. We have the cine line of lenses. These are um, a robust line of lenses uh, that are built off of, I mean, the 18 to 35 T2. And the 50 to 100 T2 are for, uh, you know, their APS-C or Super 35 sensors. We've got the high-speed Cine Primes. Um, we've got them from 14 up to 135. These are all, and they're all mechanical design with uh, yeah, a slash I uh, communication. And they're built off the exact same optical formulas as the art lenses, but are designed, are, are housed specifically for, you know, Cine applications. Uh, because the optical formula, the optical formulas are work, but there's di- very different design philosophies and di- very different use cases. I mean, you want racks and gears and, you know, matte boxes and exact same color transmission. These are critical in Cine and they want everything to be manual focused. Um, and where an art lens, you want sort of the compact size, uh, a, little, a little bit more of a compact size, even though some of, some of the art lenses being, um, you know, imaging excellence first are a little bit robust one of those in particular the 40 millimeter f1 4 dg hsm art lens is very large in the hand it's a 40 millimeter f1 4 prime that's bigger than a 24 to 70 to 8 zoom um but this is designed first as a cine lens and so in the cine form factor it is right there in its in its class and as yeah. an art lens, it is a very big presence, but the imaging characteristics of this are outstanding. It is the, the focal plane sharpness and the off focal plane characteristics are exceptional. Um, I should lend one to you. 
It's, yeah, uh, you it's, it's a lens. I'm, uh, I'm expecting a box. I'm expecting a box. <laughs> the, the, the cine lenses, what just just to put a finer point on on the, the the differences between cine lenses and quote normal lenses, is it the silent focusing and no no audible click stop? So basically, it's designed specifically for folks that are recording video. They don't they don't they have they have very specific needs. Can you kind of outline what those major differences are between the lenses? Of, uh, you know, aside from physical dimensions, all metal construction, uh, all you know, everything is geared, geared housings for you know, working with focus pull, um, uh, luminous markings on the lenses, uh, same size matte boxes, um, and they're they're actually uh, on a no, there's a number of productions right now that are in the works with these lenses. Um, uh, they were used extensively on Top Gun 2. Um, Halston series coming up on, uh, I believe it's either Amazon Prime or Netflix, um, was shot by Will Rexer, uses the Cine Classics, which have uh, uncoated optics for a sort of classic feel um, mm-hmm. for, some, for, the fl- for all of the flashback scenes and the Cine Primes for all of the modern day scenes. Um, so they're Use, utilizing uh, oh, interesting. The, the two variations, level. yes, wow. yes, wow. and um, the, uh, the 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 feedback from uh, cinematographers in, the, in in Burbank, in Hollywood, in New York, uh, in all the filmmaking centers has been very very positive. And the thing that really pleases me about this is that. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're when you're dealing with some of these productions that have you know the sky's the limit, you know, production resources, and they're choosing these lenses for the imaging characteristics as opposed to any any other characteristic. It's just the optical characteristics and the aesthetic feel is the reason why these are being chosen for a number of these um, yeah, productions. And that there, there's something that's just so incredible about that to me. Yeah, I love that. And that's it's just a it, it's a whole nother when you get into cinematography, it's a whole nother world of of meticulousness and not <laughs> not it's just different. I mean, from still photography is there's so much that goes into making a scene, you know, come off both both from an acting standpoint and then mm-hmm. the lighting and then the camera and lens choices and pulling focus and this and that and then now you're in after effects or whatever compositing mm-hmm. program so there's there's a lot that goes into what we finally see on screen as we're just you know multitasking while we're watching a movie play on our television you know yes. and all that went into it on the back end we're just like oh yeah whatever um you know i wanted to wrap this up jack with just a just a I'm going to put you on the hot seat here a little bit. So there are other players in the third party lens space. One of them is Tamron, right? Uh, yes. wh- how do you guys position yourselves? I know I don't want you to speak negatively about anybody, of course, but I'm just curious about, I'm curious about the, the positioning from the, from the perspective of, from a new photographer, I'm coming in, I'm at a camera store and I, I know the camera body I want, but now I'm trying to figure out what, what, few lenses I should get to walk out of that store with what in, and there's, there's a Tamron case and there's a Sigma case. What, what should be driving my decision when I look at those two cases? 
Yes. Your gears are like, okay, I need to be p- politically correct, but I also need to get the information out there. <laughs> I, I mean, I can, I can speak strongly and from the heart about yes. Sigma. Please. Sigma lenses are uh, Sigma lenses are all made in Japan. We have a single factory. Every single lens is 100% um, optically tested for imaging characteristics. All lenses through U.S. Uh, retail partners come with a four-year warranty. Um, and, and we know from our market research that people who own a Sigma lens own multiple Sigma lenses. The majority of folks have, who have purchased a Sigma lens probably own somewhere between three and five Sigma lenses. Wow. Um, at, at the present, um, and there is there, there's incredible amount of brand loyalty, um, and I will tell you it is it, it is a great time to be a photographer. The competition uh, between lens manufacturers and camera manufacturers means that everybody has really upped their game. There are incredible optics choices, and um, all I can say is, I mean, Sigma is we're, we're a passion driven company. Um, you know, it's, you call and your tech support, you're going to talk to Mark. You, I mean, everybody in our company, we're, we're small, we're a small company here in the U S and, uh, the majority of and even worldwide, the majority of our, um, the majority of our staff is involved in research development and production. And, um, we have very, very lean marketing teams and, uh, distribution teams. And that means that, you get an incredible product at a in very fair pricing. Um, yeah. And that's just, I mean, anecdotally, I mean, Sigma is just such a great place to work. We had a internal uh, photo contest last summer um, at the height of the pandemic where everybody was, we were all sharing on our like internal Slack. People were sharing pictures of their breakfast and their lunch and the things they were looking up. So, um, uh, President Mark said, why don't we have an internal food contest and the most creative um, thing wins some prizes. And um, I came in second. And uh, I was pretty proud of that. I did nice. some slow motion video of jerk cauliflower. And it was won by Eric in accounting. And this is, I mean, this is so awesome. Like <laughs> You wouldn't think that. <laughs> like that's the level of creativity and passion that we have in this company. But you guys are eating. You're you're not just you know selling selling things that are coming off the assembly line. You're actually using the gear and and actively improving it and all that. Oh my That's gosh, yes, yes. Everybody, you know, people are always. Everybody is you know who works there is checking out gear of the weekend, borrowing the FP camera for you know live streaming family events and uh, you know taking it to their church to um, work on live streaming, you know, during services, you know, during the pandemic. So it's, uh, we're, we're a passion driven company and, uh, that's, that, that shows, and it shows from, uh, the CEO on down and, um, everything we do is with an eye towards enabling creators to realize their vision. Love it. Love that's, it. What's that's, that's pretty much the best I can say. What's it? I love it. That was a perfect answer. That was a perfect answer. What's, <laughs> what's, what's coming up? I know you, you know, you, you can't talk any, any company can't talk about unreleased products <laughs> and all that, but from a, from a 30,000 foot view level, what direction are we heading in generally speaking to the extent that you can talk about it? <laughs> it's pretty safe to say there'll probably be more lenses on the roadmap. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> We're going to make yeah. some more landings. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> if you look at what we did uh, between 2012 and 2018, we... Um, remapped the majority of our lenses for DSLRs into art, sports, and contemporary lines. And if you look at 2019 and 2020, we have been very aggressive with full-frame mirrorless lenses. Um, that is the trend that is most likely going to continue. And we'll continue to see more full-frame mirrorless lenses to round out and flesh out the offering for the L-mount um, system and the E-mount uh, systems. Um, we get a lot of requests to support additional mounts and it's, it's a good problem to have where every photographer wants every lens we have in their preferred mount yesterday. Um, yeah, but and, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's uh, sure, <laughs> but, um, it, it, it's a good problem to have. Um, yeah. you know, and it's, um, and that right there goes to show where the, the fan base is, where they want more, optics from Sigma because they know what Sigma means and what it, um, what it can deliver for them. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. Well, Jack Howard, thank you for coming on. This is, this is, uh, you know, I have tons more questions. We could go on for another hour. Like I want to talk about that FP <laughs> camera. Um, we'll do another one. <laughs> so we'll have to do another one. We will do another one. If people want to, you know, obviously Sigma is it the Sigma website is where people mm -hmm. should go to see all, all things Sigma. Um, what is, what's the URL for, for those that may not know about it? Sigmaphoto.com. Okay. Sigmaphoto.com. Yep. And if people want to see some of your work, are you online as well? You know, that's, <laughs> you know, not really. <laughs> They can search the Sigma blog. I've got over 90 articles published on the Sigma Oh, blog. there you go. Perfect. Um, Perfect. But quite honestly, I have been working with Sigma and marketing Sigma. So my all my personal pages are very old, <laughs> yeah. if, if any turn up. Um, I did just, just I mean, recently uh, through a remnant photo shelter link, I got a random cold call asking from the International Film Festival for Human Rights in Geneva discovered a photo on the Sigma blog and asked if they could use it for their poster for this year. Um, oh, and congratulations. <laughs> it was, it, it was just it was kind of so incredibly random. This was a shot that my, uh, it was an experiment my daughter and I did with the uh, Myops uh, sound trigger, um, some balloons and some uh, Holly festival powder and we were popping balloons. We wrote a quick article about it, talking about, you know, the, the process of it. They discovered it and said, this completely hits with what we're looking for. And can we license this photo? Um, and it was like, kind of like, is this a joke? And then looked it up. It's, it's a real thing. It's this 20, uh, 20th, uh, 19th uh, year of this film festival. It happens in Geneva every year. It was like yeah sure absolutely license away <laughs> it was uh so that was uh you gotta, that, that was kind of, uh, yeah. you gotta read through those down at the bottom it's like and you can participate just send us fifteen hundred dollars by a western union to this country yeah. and somewhere you know <laughs> yeah. and it was nothing like that it was genuine and all of a sudden i mean to just see this this the shot and the poster and see it as, you know, the backdrop behind filmmakers who are talking about, yeah. you know, very important, um, you know, documentary work at this very critical moment in human history to just see the shot. I mean, with my daughter, it's like in our garage, <laughs> here it is, has gone on to this, this life. It was, 
it, 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 it was sort of humbling and it was one of those things that made me realize the power of a photograph again um that's right and, and that's right yeah it's, for that and notwithstanding memories and you know mm -hmm. I, I i talk about the camera as a very it's an undersung um critical time machine right that people don't realize mm -hmm. the importance of it until something happens like you lose a relative and you only yeah. have photos of them left you know and then it becomes oh i understand how important those photos are they're priceless now versus yes. you know and and even a shot like you did in your garage with your mm -hmm. daughter the memories that you have from doing yep. that and where that photo went on those are it's all priceless and the only <laughs> record of it is captured with that camera through that sigma lens right exactly exactly so, well, Jack, we'll, we'll leave it right there. Thank you for making the time today and coming on. And thanks for sending all this stuff over. This is, is fantastic. Like a, I'm like a kid in a candy store playing around with this stuff. <laughs> Excellent. We'll have to get you the, uh, the new 35 and an FPL to play with as well. Yes, please do. Yeah, we'll talk again. Yeah, send those over and we'll have a, have a discussion about those. I'm particularly interested in, in, that, in that camera to kind of see how it plays in this world with, you know, the Lumix cameras and all that and where it fits in. So it looks really, Excellent. really interesting. It looks like a, it looks like a, a uh, what do we call it in Silicon Valley? A disruptive product, right? Excellent. <laughs> so, That's what I like to hear. Yeah. So, all right, we'll leave it there. Thank you, Jack. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Excellent. Thank you. This is Twitter.